This is the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess, and we're munching our way into episode number 56. Welcome to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast, the tips, tools, and straight talk you want for pregnancy, childbirth, and bringing up baby. And now your host, Kristen Burgess. Hi. This is Kristen from naturalbirthandbabycare.com, and today we are going to talk about plumping up a skinny baby, which is something that a lot of moms tend to worry about. Babies come in all shapes and sizes, and some babies are just going to be a little bit slimmer than other babies. But if your baby is low on the growth curve and you're hearing mutterings about maybe you should supplement your baby or if you're really feeling insecure, there are things that you can do to help a little one gain weight. The first thing that you want to start with is asking yourself, why is my baby skinny? Why do I have why do I have a little peanut? Because that that can help you figure out what you need to do to correct the situation. So ask yourself first, and this is especially true if you have an exclusively breastfed baby, but ask yourself, is my baby getting enough to eat? And the the best way to figure that out is generally by lots of wet diapers and plenty of dirty diapers, though breastfed babies can sometimes go a few days between having a dirty diaper, but when they have one, it'll be a pretty big blowout, or if you're ECing, a pretty full potty, uh, but your baby should have plenty of wet diapers throughout the day, and you can look at your baby for signs of dehydration, so sunken eyes and dry skin, Uh, nail beds that look off from what they're supposed to look like. All of those are signs of dehydration, of course, chapped lips and just physical looks around the mouth. But those could be signs that your baby is not getting enough. And sometimes babies, breastfed babies who are getting enough liquid won't show any signs of dehydration and they'll have plenty of wet diapers because they're getting lots of more watery milk but they could benefit from some more hind milk or richer milk, and we'll talk more about that in a few minutes, but that's something to keep in mind. If you have a small baby, then you may want to consider ways that you can get more in for your baby, and this could mean nursing more often, and I definitely recommend that you do that, and it could mean boosting your milk supply, and we're going to talk more about that, and I think that you should do that too. It could also mean bringing something supplemental on board, and if you do that, or if you feel that that's necessary, then I would strongly encourage you to look into a supplemental nursing system, or an SNS, which is essentially a little bottle that you hang around your neck and it has tubes that come down and the tube tapes right beside your nipple with medical grade tape and so when baby nurses from the breast baby also gets the supplement and we'll talk some about supplement possible supplements in a few minutes but your baby gets the supplemental nutrition the supplemental calories at the same time as he or she is at your breast which helps baby get what he or she needs it helps to preserve the nursing relationship and hopefully wean off the SNS uh, and it it also continues to stimulate your breasts breasts to produce milk Of course, giving a supplement through a bottle or with a medicine cup or with a spoon even is also an option for a baby who really needs a supplement. And again, this sort of thing can be done 
looking forward towards being able to hopefully wean off of that, which many moms and babies can do. For some women, such as women who have breast reduction surgeries, that may not be completely possible. But for many women, even those who have had issues like a reduction, they are able to find a way to nurse mostly at the breast or to nourish mostly at the breast. And if you have an issue, I would recommend that you work with a good lactation consultant or call your local LHA League leader and get connected with somebody who can really help you figure out what's going on and who also is going to really respect your desire to be giving your baby your milk and to be extending the nursing relationship. And then you can work with her to figure out things for your situation. And then, of course, always keep in mind what's going to work well for your family. Uh, If your baby is older and seems to be skinny, so your baby is taking in solids, then, and if you have an older baby who's old enough to take in solids, I would definitely look at increasing solids and the nutrient density and the the plump baby boosting power of the solids. And we're going to talk about what foods are good for that in a few minutes. I would look at that before you consider, say, bringing in a bottle of formula. Because your baby is going to be learning to eat solid food anyways. And so it's really beneficial to him or her to be able to get a good start um, you know, with the foods and be able to perhaps avoid the formula and of course to continue giving your milk. And everything that I'm going to talk about for boosting your supply and the richness of your milk supply, all of that can come into play even with an older baby. And I'll share a little bit about our journey with our fourth baby uh, because he was older when I went through all of those steps and I certainly feel that feel that they're worthwhile. So let with that, let's jump into boosting your milk supply. And again, I think this is important for moms who have a little baby who they think needs to get more and also who have an older baby or even a toddler, maybe a special needs toddler or something like that, and you want to boost your supply. I think it's valid for all moms and babies. One of the big things that you've probably heard of for boosting your milk supply is fenugreek, which is an herb that has been long used to help boost milk supply, not just in humans, but also in livestock. I have had several people come to me recently and say, well, haven't you heard this or that about fenugreek? I think the big thing that I heard that sounds really valid may be that it has an impact on blood pressure. So if you have uh, hypertension or major hypotension, an issue like that, certainly you want to consult your care provider. You want to be monitored. You want to see if any medication levels need to be adjusted while you're using it as a supplement. But other than that, most of what I have read about fenugreek, and granted I haven't researched it extensively, like spending hours on it, but I have done some research into it for my mama baby birthing students, my childbirth class students who asked about it. And from what I can see, it's really, fenugreek has been considered safe, it's considered pretty effective, and with the exception of the blood pressure thing, It's still considered pretty safe for moms. The biggest warning was to make sure that you get a very pure form of fenugreek. And of course, any firm that produces or any company that produces a very purified supplement 
or nutraceuticals such as fenugreek is going to be proud of their standards and encourage you to look for a company with their standards. That's not, I mean, it's not just good health and good practice, but it's good marketing for them. So remember that when you're reading about it. But certainly, I would go with one of the trusted sources of fenugreek um, in the United States, something like the Bulk Herb Store or Mountain Rose Herbs or one of the trusted companies that make some others milk tea, which almost always include fenugreek. Um, but, but yeah, the, so fenugreek can be taken as a supplement, and it can boost milk supply. And I would recommend trying that if you need to boost milk supply. Uh, foods that can boost milk supply, and there's actually a lot more of these, and I intend to do really intensive studies on foods that help increase milk supply at some point as part of the curriculum that I'm going through, but I haven't gotten there yet. So I know what I know from experience and from the overview that I've done. But oatmeal and quinoa are two both, well, oatmeal is a grain, quinoa is a seed that is cooked like a grain. So both of them are grains or grain-like. Um, both of them make porridges essentially. And both of those are known to help boost a mama's milk supply. So having a bowl of oatmeal in the morning, especially with uh, some pastured heavy cream and some good quality butter uh, and some fruits in it, that's going to be very good for your milk supply. And also, as we'll talk about in, in a minute, for boosting the richness of your milk. And quinoa is one that has been used traditionally in several cultures for boosting and for improving milk supply. So when you're looking at what can I do to boost my supply, outside of just the standard advice, which you've probably already heard, but I'll, I'll go over it just in case you haven't in a second. But you know, what can you do? What can you take? And then there are medications, but I'm not going to cover the medications on this episode. But I'm talking about over-the-counter supplements that you can get or foods that you can eat. Oatmeal and quinoa are really good ones, and then fenugreek is a good supplement. Now, as far as, um, as things that you can physically do, of course, nurse your baby early and often. Let your baby drain the breast. Sometimes cluster feedings help some moms. So you nurse on one breast uh, over and over and over again for a certain period of hours, like a three-hour or even a six-hour period. The reason why that's helpful to some moms is it gives that breast a lot of stimulation, but the baby's also likely to get a lot more hind milk, which I mentioned a few minutes ago. So that's the richer, fattier milk. And if your baby's nursing continually on one breast, there's just more hind milk coming down from that breast, and that can really help a baby. One sign of a four-milk hind milk imbalance is really watery or greenish stool. So if you're seeing that in your baby's diaper or in the potty, if you EC, that might hint, give you a hint on that. So those are just things. And, and also lots of skin-to-skin -skin contact. Just like you, you hear about preemies getting kangaroo care. Well, if your baby is struggling with milk supply or, or low weight gain and you're struggling with milk supply, then I would definitely spend as much time as possible with your baby skin-to-skin. -skin. So when you're home and can just sit down, uh, wear a button-up shirt, just unbutton it and have baby dressed to, down to the diaper, put baby on your skin in your shirt. You can cover both of you with a blanket, cuddle up with a book or with your, with your phone or with your tablet or whatever you're going to do to keep yourself busy and make sure you're in a baby-proofed room if you've got older ones so that they can just run around in the room or even watch a video and you just cuddle with baby that has 
It helps your baby because your body regulates your baby's system. Even an older baby, even a full-term baby, your body regulates his or her system when your baby is on your chest like that, which saves your baby's energy and it helps organize your baby's bodily functions and systems so that he or she is not having to adapt quite so much. Your body is still doing a lot for him, and that's just one of the miracles of actually the human body. As we, as we see with kangaroo care, dad's body is very beneficial too, but it's really beneficial for you because um, your baby being there on your chest and against your skin also stimulates your body. It stimulates your hormones. Pheromones being transferred between you and baby are very stimulating, so it can really help boost your milk supply. So those are some physical things that you can do to help boost supply in addition to eating your oatmeal in addition to taking your fenugreek and for your fenugreek you can take supplements there's all kinds there's teas tinctures um, there's caplets that you can take my favorite that that I've taken is actually a caplet um and I think it's Gaia herbs lactate support or something like that I don't have the bottle in front of me but the those capsules worked really well for me. I definitely noticed a change, whereas I didn't really notice a change with the mother's milk teas. But what you use is is totally up to you. Generally, the teas are considered a little bit less concentrated and therefore maybe uh, safer when you're looking at being cautious about herbs, just like you'd be cautious about any over-the-counter drug. But sometimes you want something that is going to be concentrated and work. Do note that fenugreek and pregnancy, or not pregnancy, um, mama's milk teas or supplements like I was just talking about, the caplets or a tincture, those aren't safe to take during pregnancy. So you you want to wait until you've had your baby or when you know that supply may be an issue before you start any of those. Don't take them during pregnancy. Now, how do you boost the richness of your milk supply? This is something that I hear a lot of moms worry about. It's something that I myself became really concerned about when it was clear that our fourth baby was going to have a lot of trouble with uh, taking anything in by mouth except liquids because by that time he was a lot older and I just didn't feel like my milk supply was as abundant and as rich as it had been when he was younger, but I knew that he really needed those calories. And so this was something that hit close to home. Now, if you look up the research, like if you go to kellymom.com, which is a great site for breastfeeding advice, but if you look at the research and what she's got documented there, it says that what you eat, you know, doesn't really influence the richness of mama's milk. And so I want to tell you that's what the research says and say that my experience and the experience of moms that I've advised is anecdotal because I believe in presenting the evidence, but I also feel like what I've seen work for myself and what I've seen work for students who have asked me uh, and that sort of thing is really is valid and that any mom should have that information to consider because trying to boost the richness of your milk through your diet, which is what I recommend, isn't going to hurt anything. And if it helps, then it helps. And I don't think that we should dismiss that just because some research trials said that it has no effect, especially I haven't looked exactly at the design of all the research trials, but, you know, depending on what they showed, they may not have been particularly valid. 
it goes back to say a lot of people will say that what mama eats doesn't make a difference in the composition of her milk. And that's definitely been proven completely false. For instance, the reason why human breast milk is deficient, quote unquote, in vitamin D is because the moms are deficient in vitamin D. You may have heard me mention that before because it's just the most glaring one. And when a mom's vitamin D levels rise, so do the vitamin D levels in her milk. So I think it's foolish uh, and it does moms and babies a disservice for us to say that nutrition and diet doesn't have an impact on your milk supply. I know that some people like to say that because they don't want to discourage any mom from breastfeeding because she might think, oh, I have to eat some fancy diet. Well, that's not really true. You need to eat a nutrient-dense diet. And if you've listened to anything that I've said in any other podcasts, you know that I really advocate for a nutrient-dense diet during pregnancy. And so in breastfeeding, it's, it's not anything different. It's that you need to eat well. And honestly, even if you choose to formula feed your baby, you may not need the calories the extra calories that you need for a breastfeeding baby, but you still need to eat high quality nutrition so that you can feel great and have the energy to keep up with your baby. And so that you'll be around in 25 or 30 years to hold your grandbabies. It's just silly to say that we shouldn't say that good nutrition is important to breastfeeding moms because it may discourage them because, you know, they want to eat McDonald's every day or whatever. That's just silly. All mamas should eat well. And emphasizing it and the importance of it for breastfeeding moms is empowering, not discouraging. So anyways, you do. You want to eat really well. You want to eat a good diet. And I would say that diet is the best way to influence the richness of your milk supply. I think that the the supplements can help somewhat, like fenugreek, that, that help increase milk supply quantity. I think they can increase the richness of your milk too. But diet is a good thing. So I mentioned eating the totally loaded oatmeal with butter and cream. I really think that eating plenty of good traditional fats like butter, like coconut oil, like uh, heavy cream, uh, eggs with the, with the yolks in from pastured hens, avocados, any of those types of good fats, the kind of fats that your grandma and your great-great-grandma and your great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandma would have had access to, not these uh, chemically extracted seed oils and vegetable oils that we have now, but the kind of, the kind of foods and fats that your great-great-great-grandma may have used. Those are healthy fats, and they can really make a difference in the fat content of your milk supply because your body uses them in a healthy way and then it can convert them into milk in a healthy way for your baby. It's just a positive thing overall. It nourishes your brain too, which helps you to combat issues like postpartum depression or any sort of mood disorders. It just it has a satiating and, and an emotionally stabilizing effect on moms when they eat enough. And and when they eat enough good fats. I know that we did when Galen was around, oh, I want to say he was a little over a year old, but it, it may have been the year before. I remember it was in a January, but Galen was a baby, and we did a challenge where we were going to eat only Weston A. Price meals, so recipes that were from the Wise Traditions Journal or from Nourishing Traditions or that from bloggers who were cooking in the Weston A. Price style we took that challenge for a month and I, I expressed some of my milk during that time. Um, 
And when I when we first started the challenge, the little it was only ever like one little bottle or at a time, like a few ounces, because I didn't really leave him with anyone. Uh, it, but I would look at the milk at the beginning, and I saw a little cream line, which was nice. But by the end of that month, when we had just really been eating good, high quality, traditional made foods, not being shy about the fats, by the end of that time the cream line on my milk was like half of the content of the milk. It was unbelievable to see the difference when I was getting enough calories and getting enough fats and really getting enough food. And when it came time to make sure that my milk was really high quality for Galen, and I don't remember if it was right after that or if, like I said, if the challenge was the year before all of that happened, but I knew what I needed to do and I knew how much food mattered. So I'm not saying that you need to eat excessive calories or even the same calorie level that you ate during pregnancy because that's a high calorie level for a lot of women. But technically breastfeeding takes more calories than pregnancy, but you don't have to maintain the blood supply that you need to maintain during pregnancy. You are maintaining a milk supply, but it's still not quite the volume. But still, making sure that you're getting enough is really important. And this is an issue for a lot of moms because you're just so busy and you may be really overwhelmed and you may have your hands really full taking care of your baby's needs. That's so very normal. So make sure that you're taking the time to eat well. Get in those good fats. Eat the foods that are b- boosting milk supply. Getting plenty of greens and things like that and plenty of protein. You want, I mean, you want the micronutrients and the macronutrients. And most of all, you want to get enough. And you want to make sure that it's higher quality, nutrient-dense food because that's what's going to translate into higher quality, nutrient-dense milk for your baby. So if your baby is small... Definitely focus on yourself and boosting the quality of your own diet. And I truly believe that will boost the quality of your milk and help your baby. Now, if your baby is already started on solids, what are you going to feed baby? And I promised that we would come back to the supplements too. So this is applicable if you have a young baby or an older baby. If you're considering a liquid supplement, aka a formula, of course a commercial formula is definitely an option. And I respect that for the families who choose it. A homemade formula is also an option. And this is the option that my family would personally choose if we needed to. And we did use this with Galen, my fourth baby. We used a variation of the Weston A. Price Foundation's homemade formula recipe. I didn't put anything in it because he was older and I was still breastfeeding. But uh, but I made up... Uh, the you know the gist of the formula every day especially the milk with the coconut oil and uh, over time we we came down to where it was mostly just warm milk with coconut oil stirred in but I did give him that in a sippy a couple times a day every day in addition to my milk and in addition to the purees that we were just being able to get him to eat because he had major sensory and oral aversion issues and he just he couldn't swallow food. We saw a pediatric occupational therapist at a feeding clinic and really worked with him to get him over that hump. And, I, and I've shared his story in another podcast. But but just talking about the supplement, you know, we did decide to do a homemade formula in addition to breastfeeding and in addition to the solids that we were getting just because the most important thing was to get Galen growing. 
Uh, and I felt okay about that, especially since we were really solid in our nursing relationship by that point too. And I knew that the addition wasn't going to influence that. And while I did that, I did everything that I could to increase the quality of my milk. And breastfeeding remained an integral part of our relationship for another year. So I felt really good about that. And I just want to share my experience. I know it's harder with a younger baby. But even with a younger baby, I I would try and let go of some of the guilt, especially if you are able to make a homemade formula. But even if you have to choose a commercial formula or if you're using donor breast milk, you know, go easy on yourself. Do what you can to work with your supply. Keep that baby skin to skin and nursing frequently. Use the SNS if it works for you Um, and keep working to boost your supply. But know that, you know, you're doing the best for your baby while you work on all of that. So that's liquid supplements, and I will put a link in the show notes to the Weston A. Price Foundation's formulas, which, again, I think you should work on um, along with working on your supply if that works for you, though some families do go completely to formula, and that's your choice. But I would recommend using that while you work on the things that I talked about to work on your supply because I think you'll find that makes a big difference. Now, real quick, let's go over solids. So if your child is eating solids, what do you feed them? And if, if they're like Galen and only really are doing purees, then you can still go for these options. You're just going to puree it all. So you want your baby to get plenty of fats. And most of us think that's intuitive because fat makes you fat, but that's actually not true. Um, fats, But fats are a critical energy source for the body. And fats can be converted into body fats. And, and then you also want carbohydrates. Now, why do you want carbohydrates? Because that's plenty of energy for the body. Carbohydrates provide lots of energy. And the key here really is that you want fats and you want carbohydrates together. That's what's going to plump your baby up. Why is that? Because the carbohydrates provide lots and lots and lots and lots of quick and easy energy for your baby's body to do all of the vital functions it needs to do. The fat nourishes your baby's brain, and then the fat can also be stored and pad your baby up because there's so much carbohydrate. And then also your body stores the fat away. It it uses some of the energy from the carbs, and or your baby's body uses some of the energy from the carbs, and then it gets the fats, uses those to for the fat soluble vitamins for the baby's brain development and everything like that. And then it stows away what's not needed. And then the extra sugar because all carbohydrates even complex carbohydrates are sugars that extra sugar is also ferried away to be stored as energy and all of this means a plumper baby it also all means a plumper you if you're eating tons and tons of fat and carbohydrates um as a mama but when you're breastfeeding that really may be the best thing to do because your body needs that energy to convert it into milk and it may not store it so much But some mamas find that they need to keep fats and carbs separate. That's just an aside, and it's for another podcast episode. But if you're trying to plump up a baby, fats and carbohydrates in a mixture are really the way to go. In fact, if you go to a feeding clinic or if you look at supplements for older babies or children who need to bulk up, such as DuoCal, well, the reason that's called Duo is because it's a fat and carbohydrate supplement. You really want both of those aspects in. Now the question then becomes, what, what do I feed? How do I get those for my baby? Coconut milk is a really good choice for fat and heavy cream and butter. All of those fats that I mentioned are good for you 
those are all really good for your baby. Uh, coconut products tend to be very gentle and hypoallergenic, but though of course you want to watch your baby for reactions. And also heavy cream tends to be tolerated well because it doesn't really have any of the milk proteins in it. And butter is the same, though some people will react to butter. However, ghee G-H-E-E is a highly clarified form of butter, so it's basically a butter oil, and that tends to be tolerated by people who have problems tolerating dairy protein because all the dairy protein has been filtered off. It's a traditional food in India. But those are good options. Uh, Fruits are a good thing, too, for the carbohydrates. Sweet potatoes, anything starchy, really. And these these make nice combinations. So butter on a sweet potato, something that many babies love, bananas mashed up with a bit of heavy cream, really any fruits. I would, what I would do for Galen is I would saute a fruit. So apple or peaches or bananas, just really gently and a little bit of butter. And then I would puree it with um, cream, with heavy cream. And so it made a really rich meal for him. And then he ate a lot of sweet potato and butter totally pureed and then gradually moving to where it could be fork mashed. Avocados are good. They have a lot of fats in them. Um, and you may want to serve them with a little bit of starchy veggie on the side or pureed in if you're having to puree. But there are many different ideas for higher calorie. You know, just think of anything that you think of as higher calorie and also healthy. So again, the coconut oil, the butter, the coconut milk are, um, heavy cream, all of those things that are traditional fats, those are what are going to be good for your baby. And then think about dishes that naturally combine those. Spaghetti squash and butter is another one. All the winter squashes are fairly starchy. I mean, you could even do white white potatoes um, mixed up with things because you're just, you're really just trying to chunk your baby up. So look for those solid combinations that are going to have the carbs and are going to have the fats and prioritize those. You want to get some protein in too. Like I would do the the fruit sautés for a little dessert for Galen and I would do a puree of what we were eating, which was usually, you know, ground beef and vegetables or something like that. And I would puree that for him first and he would have a few spoonfuls of that and then a couple spoonfuls of the dessert. And at first, it really literally was just a teeny tiny bite off of a spoon and gradually it built up. And now he can eat anything at six, but it was pretty touch and go for a while there. So if that's the case with your baby, take heart. But just think about ways that, you know, you can get, you want to get the proteins and the veggies in too. But then you also want to really emphasize those fruits and good fats so that they're getting that um so that they're getting that good combination. And then I also, I really want to encourage you before we end the podcast, if you're plumping up, if you need to focus on plumping up your baby and toddler, and if you're breastfeeding, please remember, like I've shared all throughout this as I talked, that solid foods uh, and your breast milk, they're not exclusive. And even supplementation in your breast milk, they're not mutually exclusive. You can have one and the other. As I said with Galen, I he was older. He was over one when we really realized that he had a problem and when I finally got the doctor to pay attention to me and we got the referrals that we needed to figure out what was going on with him. And so I, you know, I was way past the traditional quote unquote breastfeeding age for where you really focus on your milk supply. But 
to me, it was important that he continue to get my milk and that it be mama's milk that was providing calories. So even while we were really working on getting creative with the solid food purees, and even while I was giving him some supplements and a sippy and that sort of thing, I was still really working on my milk supply, boosting my milk supply, uh, spending a lot of time with him and just watching what I ate and the quality of my diet so that he would still be getting high quality mama's milk. And I want to encourage you that you can do the same thing. Even if your little one is little, really little, like a peanut, you can still continue to provide your milk. Do what you can for yourself. Don't feel discouraged if you need to bring in supplemental foods or a liquid supplement. But know that your milk can continue to be an important part of your baby's diet and an important time for the two of you just to bond and be close. Don't be discouraged. Just look at the resources that are around you. Do what you need to do for your little one and have confidence in yourself as a mama. Okay, we will talk more next week. Uh, I think next week we're going to talk about another family life issue, which is handling the kids when you're outnumbered, something that I have a lot of mamas worry about. So I will see you then. Please remember if there's anything you'd like to hear about, and I've gotten a couple suggestions lately, so thank you, ladies. If there's anything you'd like to hear about, you can let me know. Or uh, please leave a rating on iTunes or in Stitcher. I really appreciate the ratings. And if you can take a couple minutes to write a review, please do that because it helps other people find the podcast. And I I would really like to get more families uh, this good information. So let me know what you think. Uh, Let me know if you think I could improve. Or if you think that something's great, let me know any questions you have. And have a blessed week. Thanks for listening to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess. For great resources and tons more info, visit www.birthbabylife.com. Visit www.birthbabylife.com.